0: The Twins are taking on the Braves, and it looks like a minor league team is facing a big league team. Let's talk about it. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello again. This is Brandon Warren, and you are listening and watching Locked On Twins. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And of course, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And thanks for hanging out with us here late at night after especially an uninspiring Twins game against the Braves. As a reminder, please feel free to hang out in the comments section. That includes during and after the shows. We'll uh, we'll do our best to hang out there with you, talk about different things, maybe have a little bit of a vent session, as the Twins have been playing pretty ugly baseball here the last few days. And also, too, if you have questions you want answered, if you're not watching live, you can always send them via Twitter, at Brandon underscore Warren, at LockedOnTwins. And that sort of thing. And also, Locked On Twins Breathless post-game minutes after pretty much every game. Be sure to check those out on YouTube. Under the spot where it says shorts every single time we have one of those, it will end with a statistic that you will not find anywhere else. I will dig for a stat that I don't think you will be able to hear or find from anyone else, whether it's in an article on Twitter or in any sort of other radio program audio program also to make sure to check out the Matt Lawton episode of Locked On Twins whether you do it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts had a lot of fun talking to one-third of the original Soul Patrol outfield working on trying to talk to the other two-thirds so stand by for that and to make up for missing an episode last week we did have a bonus episode which was grading the trades of the Falvey and Levine era. So the guys took over in October of 2016. And so we graded all of the trades, the big ones especially. I did make a list of the ones that maybe weren't exactly earth-shattering or world-changing, like Danny Santana to these very Atlanta Braves the Twins are playing for a pitcher named Kevin Chapman. We didn't really feel the need to grade that one. But if you want to go back and look for that after listening to or watching this, I would highly, highly recommend it. Twins and the Braves wrap things up on Wednesday with a little morning baseball, at least a morning game from the central time zone, which is where I'll be watching. And hopefully you will as well, but it'll be Ken Maeda against Colby Allard. Allard, a lefty who's going to be coming off the 60 day IL to make his 2023 Major League debut, he is back with the Braves after a very brief stretch with the Rangers, but original Braves draft pick. We'll talk about more, talk more about him in our final segment, but if you want to catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, just search Twins. Hang out with Corey and Danny if you're outside the house or if you just like catching a ball game via audio as opposed to video. So, it has not been a good series for the Twins. Dropping the opener 4-1, and then the second game, Tuesday evening, 6-2. And you look at the scores, if you're just box score watching, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. The the games have not been... um, If you were box score watching, you wouldn't think they were as non-competitive as they've been. But it really hasn't felt like, at this point, the Twins have really been competitive in the entire series, so let's give the Braves some credit. They're nineteen and four in June, so they're, they're absolutely fantastic in June. They've gone on some incredible stretches here. I know they lost two games in a row at some point in June, but it uh it has been quite a roll for them. They're eleven and one at Truist Park in June, so. June coming to an end here. This is going to probably go down as one of Atlanta's best home months in quite some time. But at the same time, Twins take a 1-0 lead, leave ducks on the pond in the first inning in this one. And like every other time the Twins have struggled here recently, lost opportunities seem to lend their way to um, the, the team they're facing, picking up those opportunities and cashing them in in the next half inning. And the Braves waited an entire one pitch, that's right, one pitch before Ronald Acuna Jr. homers to right center, ties the game. And in other words, the Braves were pretty much off to the races from that point forward. Um, six pitches later, you get a triple from Ozzie Albies, three pitches after that. Austin Riley hits a homer to left center and absolutely pastes that baseball. Sean Murphy follows with a homer a little later in the inning. And curiously enough, Joe Ryan, who certainly had a tough matchup, gives up three homers and gets three strikeouts in the same inning. He is the only pitcher in Twins history to do that in any inning. And that was our fact that you will not hear anywhere else from the post game minute tonight. So hopefully if you didn't hear that you're hearing it now. Qu- quite a roller coaster ride for Joe Ryan early on. Acuña comes back going back to back with Michael Harris and uh in the second inning and that was it. So from that point on Joe Ryan and friends shut down the Braves, but the Braves straight up outclassed the Twins in this one 6-2 and you just you watch these teams play, and it's like they're not even on the same or in the same league. I I, I just I, I want to talk more about that here a little later in the show, but you, you look at the the games, and I'm a I'm a generally positive person. You know, I can I can look on the bright side of a lot of things when it comes to baseball, and that's hard. Baseball is a game of failure, but even like. The positives you look at with this team right now feed into negatives. You know, you look at Edouard Julien getting on base three times in this one, and you're like, yeah, well, 123 weighted runs created plus, but he can only play if it's DHing, which means Buxton is out of the lineup, or at second base where he's an absolute liability defensively. So even their positives have negative tinges to them to the point where it's just – Again, I know they're still in first place by a half game. The Guardians pulled off a come-from-behind win over the Royals. It was a very low-scoring game. I think it was 2-1. So, in theory, if the Twins get swept by the Braves, they could very easily go into their off day on Thursday not in first place. And it's been quite some time since the Twins haven't been in first place. Um, Yeah, there's there's not that many positives to glean from this one. Twins strand nine runners, go 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. I believe Correa himself, Carlos Correa, who's been absolutely dreadful, absolutely dreadful with runners in scoring position this season, was 0 for 3. So 0 for 10 comes out to 2 for Kepler, 2 for Buxton, 3 for Correa, and then empty plate appearances from Vasquez Kirilov and Michael A. Taylor the approach has been absolutely dreadful for quite some time now and a couple of them that i honed in on were christian vasquez on a 3-1 pitch waving at something not even close and then swinging through something also not close 3-2 alex kirlov had i want to say it was a 2-0 swing at a pitch not near the strike zone it was a look at like a two seam fastball that kind of darted away from him and it just to me um I don't get it. it th- these are foundational baseball strategies that kids in 10th grade know. You're up to 0 hunt a pitch that you can handle. Instead, you get Michael A. Taylor swinging through a fastball on his kneecap or a you know a sinker on his kneecap. It's just like everything that you've ever known about the game goes out the window. And again, and I said this on Twitter Monday. It's not that hitting is easy, and I'm not trying to to say hitting is easy, but they're just abandoning basic tenets of hitting. Like, don't get it twisted. Spencer Strider is a tremendous pitcher. He leads the entire league, both leagues, in strikeouts. Twins lead the planet in strikeouts as well. So naturally, it was going to be a tough, tough assignment. But again, like, the Twins just take themselves out of so many plate appearances that I just, I don't... I don't know where you even go from here because it just feels like you're not even watching professionals. And again, I, I know it's not easy. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm dogging professionals who have more skill than they, they lose more skill in batting practice, taking any bad swings than I'll have in my entire life uh, as far as good swings. It's just what I see. I'm, I'm analyzing what I see. It doesn't mean I could do It doesn't mean I, think they're not working at it. It doesn't mean I don't think they're trying, but um, you know, it's, it's a frustrating watch right now. With that said, eBay Motors is a wonderful sponsor of ours. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts And accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, that is not, not a typo. That's a lot of parts, guys. Uh, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I wanted to focus too on Max Kepler because I feel like there were some instances where he was just, he looks completely disengaged. Before we do that, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Every day is Swing Back Wednesday. We'll wrap up. We'll put a bow on the Brave series. We'll look ahead to the Orioles a bit and prepare you for Thursday's off day. Um, we're still drumming up some ideas for Thursday, so we'll keep you filled in there. Off days are always interesting as far as content, so we'll, we'll figure something out there. All right, and besides that, Twins Braves in the series finale on Wednesday, 11, 20 a.m., a little morning baseball. Kent Maeda looking to keep the good vibes rolling on against Colby Allard, who's coming off the 60-day IL with an oblique. And so you can catch every pitch of the Twins Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And before we get into an interesting statistical comparison that I found, the triple by Ozzie Albies, to me, seemed as though Max Kepler was just completely disinterested in chasing down the ball. And again, I know there's going to be nuance when it comes to a right fielder playing a wall that he's unfamiliar with. But with that said, to me, that doesn't really come into play here. The ball shot the gap, and I just felt like I don't know if Kepler was deferring to Michael A. Taylor or what he was doing, but it felt to me like it took him forever to get to the ball and then also forever to get it in. I don't deny that Albies is a fast player and could have had a triple anyway, but it just, to me, seemed as though like it took him forever. And then, two he hits the ball to Albies where Albies dives, flips it to shortstop. Orlando Arcia, yes, the younger brother of Oswaldo, former Twins fame. um, And they get him at first base. Like I felt like there was, that should have been closer at first. So I don't know, again, maybe my reads on those situations are wrong. But when I posted on Twitter about the play in the outfield, needless to say, there was a lot of people that were in my corner. Also too, I I did have a, a point about Carlos Correa's plate appearance one of his plate appearances where he was up with the um, runners in scoring position, bottom of the or sorry top of the fourth. So Bryce Elder is struggling with his command all night long, and so you get runners on second and third. Eddie Julian hits a sack fly to left. Eddie Rosario's throw, um, I think it hit Gallo on the way home, but it a, a, a good Eddie Rosario throw like we saw in his Twins days would have. Nailed Gallo by far. But anyhow, so you got two on, on second and third. Carlos Correa comes up. And I feel like, so it's 6-2 at this point. Carlos Correa, base empty. Alex Kirilov behind him. You got a young guy who's struggling. If Correa had been doing anything at all this season, that's a spot where I think Correa gets intentionally walked. Instead, not only does he get up 3-0 in the count, then he takes a looking strike on a slider, a looking strike on a sinker, falls off a sinker, but then swings through a changeup low. Um, I would say it was out of the zone, but I'm not going to fight anybody if they say it was close. And the threat ends there. Three times tonight he got made made outs with runners on, stranding runners, Um, just absolutely... He's the anti-clutch this season. And again, I don't know. I don't. the The concept of clutch exists to me in a vacuum of if you come through at a big spot, you're clutch. That said, Correa is the uh, the archetype for players not being clutch year to year. So either he has it or he doesn't. Any given season this year, he does not. Decidedly, does not. But again, I think I think if Correa is going well that fourth inning plate appearance is an intentional walk to Korea to face Kirillov with the bases loaded. So I would say, you know, it's pretty, pretty well documented that Korea is not, uh, not doing that well this year. I wanted I wanted to take a second to talk about the parallels between this Braves team and this twins team. And I know what you're thinking. Parallels? What the heck are you talking about? Uh, so the Twins have played 81 games, the Braves 79. And if you look at their pitching staffs, very, very, very similar. Twins are 40 and 41, halfway through the season, exactly halfway. Braves are 52 and 27. If we look at the pitching staffs, Twins 3-7 ERA, Braves 3-7-9. Twins 1-1-8 whip. Braves one, two, eight twins, 9.53 9. stragglers per nine Braves, nine point six, one twins, 1.04 homers per nine Braves 1.11. In other words, the twins have faced 18 more batters, but have basically been exactly identical twins and Braves identical to this point in the season pitching wise. So what's the difference? Well, Obviously, the difference is in hitting. This is you look at fifty-two and twenty-seven for the Braves, and the Twins have a seven ten team OPS. The Braves have an eight twenty-nine, so one hundred nineteen point difference, which is huge. But again, it goes to show just how different this Twin season could be if they even had marginally good hitting. The Braves are hitting two seventy-one as a team. The Twins are hitting 232. So 29 point advantage. Twins 310 on base, Braves 341. So 31 point advantage. And then here's where it gets big. Slugging percentage 401 for the Twins, 488 for the Braves. 87 point difference. The Braves have 42 more homers. They've also stolen 24 more bases. They've struck out 160 fewer times. They've walked the same number of times. But other, in other words, even if the Twins had a marginally good offense, there's no reason they wouldn't be at least, um, I'd say, five, six games up in this division. Twins came into tonight 43-37 and 37 pythag- with their Pythagorean record, 43-37. and 37. So based on runs scored, runs allowed, how much you'd expect to win or lose based on that. So you can say 43 and 38 after this loss, because that's obviously not going to be Pythagorean win. So again, there's already proof that the twins should be better than they are. But these two teams have virtually identical pitching right down to less than 10 points separate them by ERA. And the twins are better. They're better across the board. The Braves are slightly better in strikeouts. Otherwise, it's twins, 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 twins across the board. So there still should be some optimism if the twins can find any sort of offense the rest of the way. That they have a chance to get this thing going. Now, with that said, and as we've said, this represented the 81st game of the season. The Twins are exactly halfway home. And right now, they're on pace to go 80-82 and and win the AL Central. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. The Twins play the Braves on Wednesday, mercifully wrapping up the series at 11.20 a.m. It's Kenta looking to continue his positive vibes against Colby Allard. And it should be a very good challenge. This is obviously a better offense than the Detroit offense that Kenta played last time. Um, so it'll be a good challenge. But with that said, he'll be looking to keep the positive vibes going as he takes on Colby Allard, a lefty coming off the 60 day IL with an oblique. Uh, you can catch that game on Sirius XM just get the SXM app search twins and you can hang out with Corey and Danny especially it's a morning game might be at work might be at the office if you can't sneak a peek on the TV this is the next best way to go also two thanks for making us your first listen every day come back uh, a little later tomorrow we'll have a breakdown tomorrow afternoon heading into the off day Now, when we look back at Joe Ryan's start and he got bombed early, and again, we said three home runs, three strikeouts in the first inning. He's the only twins pitcher to do that in the same inning in team history. There's there's a very, very good reason why the Braves were a really bad matchup for Joe Ryan. So Joe Ryan throws a shutout, complete hit shutout, complete game shutout, last time out. Um, with mostly fastballs. And that's been his his mo. That's been his sweet spot, right? No team in baseball this year has hit fastballs better than the Atlanta Braves. They are the only team with an OPS over 900, 905. They've got an MLB high 85 home runs against fastballs this season. An MLB high 167 extra base hits against fastballs this season. And their 295 batting average trails only the Washington Nationals, which is hard to believe because the Nationals are terrible. But we maybe should have seen this coming. Joe Ryan, fastball, 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 fastball against this Braves offense. And you look at this Braves offense top to bottom, it's not surprising it's a good offense. And so the difference between that offense and the Twins offense It's not just health. Like, I I believe if the Twins offense can get healthy, get Jorge Polanco back, get Byron Buxton feeling good, this can still be a solid offense. You know, you look at the runs scored per game. I look at the fact that the Twins have scored 4.23 runs per game. There are nine teams who have averaged fewer runs per game this season. I can't fathom nine offenses scoring fewer runs on a nightly basis, but every single AL Central team is part of that nine. So there's four other AL Central teams and then five other teams altogether. It's astonishing to me that there are that many offenses worse than the Twins this year, based on just what we've seen from them night in and night out. It just uh, it absolutely floors me. But if they can get the offense going, this pitching has been good enough for this to still be a very very good team. And again, we'll be we'll be scoreboard watching tomorrow after whatever happens with the Twins game because if the Twins drop it, they'll go into Cleveland's game tomorrow with a virtual tie for the division. Twins would be forty and forty-two. Cleveland is 38-40, and Twins 40-41, and half game up. So Twins are two games up in the win column, one game back in the loss column. That'll all even out here before the end of the season. Twins also getting prepared to go to Baltimore. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. But Colby Allard, lefty, will take the mound for the Braves announced after the game. Uh, Not a terribly big guy, not a big fastball guy. Also, too, coming off, the 60-day IL with an oblique. We'll see if his uh if his stuff is what it's been in the past. So Allard actually was originally in the Braves system, got traded from the Braves to the Rangers for reliever Chris Martin, and then was traded back this last offseason for, believe it or not, old friend Jake Odorizzi. Um got some big league experience. He got absolutely pasted with the with the Rangers last year. one and two, 7 7-2-9 two, ERA in 21 innings. Um, gave up homers by the bushel, by the bucket load. In fact, we'll go back and look at his splits because the opponents absolutely crushed him last year. 266 average, 322 on base, 650 slugging percentage, nine home runs allowed. In only 87 plate appearances. So basically, every trip he faced through an, a batting order last year with the Rangers, he allowed a home run. Righty's absolutely feasted on him with a 710 slugging percentage. But again, different pitcher, different year. Also, keep in mind this Twins offense has a very, very bad habit of making pitchers like this look like they're absolute aces. So, should be very, uh, very interesting to see how that goes. Allard, again, not a big fastball. He kind of has the usual repertoire of fastball cutter curve changeup. We'll see if that changes at all, though, this year with the sweeper classification. If he'll add any of that, you know, maybe his cutter is a little longer and a little less uh little different shape. But we'll see how that goes. Allard, though, big league career 607 ERA in 232 innings. So not expecting a ton from him. From the brave side from the twins side, not expecting a ton from that offense. So who knows if the twins get up in the morning with their hitting shoes on, maybe they've got a chance. But I am not going to hold my breath. Midseason check-in for your twins. 81 games in, 81 to go. This is what they've been very, very, very good at. They are second across all MLB in whip. 1.18. Stolen base percentage against, 66. Walk-off wins, they have six. Quality starts, 39. Runs allowed per game, 3.90. Those are all second in MLB. Twins are third in opponent average, 231. Um, Stolen base percentage themselves, they're third, although they're also second to last in stolen bases. Uh, Third in strikeouts per nine. Third in walks per nine. Fourth in ERA. Fourth in OPS against... Honestly, pitching fourth in starting pitcher batting average against fourth in starting pitcher ERA, fifth in relief pitching ERA, fifth in relief pitching opponent batting average. But then the struggles. 30th on offense in strikeout rate, 29th in stolen bases. Again, doing it efficiently and it's starting to heat up, but not there yet. Uh, they've left 562 runners on base this year. That is 26th, 25th in batting average, 23rd in strikeout differential, 23rd in on base. I'm not telling you anything you guys don't already know in terms of their pitching and they're not doing anything offensively. So for our mid-season check-in, a lot of things you already know. The pitching staff has been phenomenal. We expect it to be at least good the rest of the way. Although with... Brock Stewart going on the IL with uh, uh, an elbow issue. The bullpen is extremely thin. In our old friend report, which we will close with here in a couple minutes, there is someone I'm keeping an eye on that could be a fit for the Twins. But before that, just a reminder, Twins are going to head over to Baltimore for three over the weekend after Thursday off. Well-deserved Thursday off after 16 games. Over 16 days, it'll be Pablo Lopez against Dean Kramer, Bailey Ober against Kyle Bradish, and Sonny Gray against Cole Irvin. So, again, if you haven't heard of any of those guys on the Baltimore side, I get it. Not exactly household names. But again, the Twins have done a good job of making those guys look absolutely ridiculously good all season long. The two starters the Twins will miss are Tyler Wells and Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson obviously former twin dating back to uh 2013 20, 2009 draft 2013 big league debut but then Tyler Wells was in the twins minor league system before he was picked up I believe out the rule 5 draft but with that said twins will miss both of those guys the twins so the Orioles have been solid 48 and 30. but you look at their offense they're not the only thing their top 10 in is ops and their ninth for their starting pitching, the only thing they're top 10 in is walks. And the only thing, the relievers, you got strikeouts and homers that they suppress. But overall, this is not an Orioles team that should roll over the Twins on principle alone. With that said, if the Twins don't show up, they're going to get crushed, just like they have in this Braves series. And I've, you know, I thought about this too. The Braves look like they play with so much more joy than the Twins. And again, the the fact that they are fifty two and twenty seven, of course you're going to have more joy. But I don't think it's just the 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 records. I think the the fact that the Braves just play a different brand of baseball and are having more fun, while the Twins look like a bunch of stiffs out there. Um, it's a stark contrast right now. Stark. Very very different. And at some point, somehow, the Twins need to get back to having fun playing baseball. And it's hard because obviously they're losing. And it's hard to have fun when you're losing. But right now they look miserable out there. Absolutely miserable. So I don't know how the Twins get back to that end of things. I don't know how they get back on track. Maybe it's an off day thing. But need the Twins to pick up a win in the finale salvage a last game of the series and at least then go into Baltimore with at least a share of the division lead. Tonight's old friend update is about Michael Fulmer. So Fulmer was a twin very briefly last year. He was traded for Sawyer Gibson Long, a pitcher in the Tiger system now who's doing okay, has battled some injuries. I think he's on the shelf right now, but has given up a ton of homers. Anyway, Michael Fulmer has been working middle relief for the Cubs and the last you might have checked. He was getting absolutely crushed. On May twenty seventh, literally exactly a month ago, his ERA was seven point eight four. In fact, there was somebody on Twitter who was a fake account, parody account that had said that they, the Cubs, had DFA'd him. wasn't true. But um, since then, thirteen appearances over the last month with a zero six six ERA. 474 OPS against and a 15 to 6 strikeout to walk ratio in 13 and two-thirds innings. So he's almost certainly going to be traded. He should not face lefties. He's got a 937 OPS against,
1: but he might
0: be a cheap trade asset for someone. Hint hint. You certainly have a Twins team that is a little short on arms with Brock Stewart out. This does not feel like a situation where a team is going to hold out for top value. It's not going to be a guy who's going to return a ton of value. So I don't know. Pick up the phone guys. I'm just saying, Michael Fulmer can probably help you. With that said, that's a wrap for this edition of locked on twins. You can follow me at brand underscore Warren at locked on twins gets you to follow the show. If you're an everyday or check back, we'll get you through the brave series preview, the O series and get you to the off day on Thursday. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening on or watching and hang out in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you one way or another because you are a very important part of the show. Now, with that said, that's Brandon Warren signing off saying thanks for hanging out and don't forget to stop by tomorrow.